Good morning. Rob, we are different for sure. And, uh, you know, sometimes you compare yourself with people that uh, are different from you. And it can create anxiety, and especially if you think you're on the lacking end of that thing. And coaching football with Rob was one of those things. But uh, he taught me a lot, but I, I just loved him. I just loved him so much. I would go up to him, and he is stoic. And when he's out at this mud sock fields, he's, you just don't mess with him. He, just, he runs the show kind of. And so I'd go up, and I would hug him, full body hug him. i do the same thing to Tyner, and i just lay my ear in there. And, just, and he'd just sit there like, he wouldn't really hug me back at first, but I'd just nuzzle up in there, and he'd say, Dunnick, what's wrong with you? Is your daddy not love you enough? And I said, no, he didn't. That's why I'm doing this. So anyway, uh, the, what we're going to study today is, is in Romans 1 through 6, and you know we, we, we talk about this almost every week here. A lot of repetition. Uh, Rusty talks about identity. All the speakers that have come up so far uh, teaching through Romans have given their angle on it, the same message, which is Romans. And we, we emphasize that book a lot because it's, it's the theology for, I would say, not only the Jew, but also for the Gentile. And when I say the Jew, I mean the gospel came down through the Jewish nation. And it was, it was given directly by God, to the people of God, which were, were the Jews. If you're not a Jew, which you most likely are not, you were grafted into the people of God. And so everything that God did applies to you now. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And I, I really just want to cover three things. I think it's hard to sit through a, a, a sermon or a teaching and get it all. Uh, I've got a lot to cover, and we're going to cover a lot of verses. But the three things I would love you to walk away with is, one, that God wants you to be one with him. And so if you're, if you're one with God, and so let, let's put the finger one, you would say, well, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, is they're one. Well, it was the prayer of Jesus that you be one with him, because he's one with the Father. He knew that all the way through, and the Spirit. And so number one is know that it's God's will for you to be one with God. You should feel special about that. I mean, God loves you. He loved you before you came to know him. If you're a Christian, I, know I'm, I might be speaking to a mixed audience here. Uh, some may be believers. Some may be non-believers. Some people may be in the process. But I can tell you, Jesus' prayer in John 17 was that the believers know that they are, want to be that he wants them to be one with him, the Father and the Spirit. So one, it's the will of God. Number two, is it's kind of a process, all right? And it's not a process of when you come into Christ. That's a flashbang. That's a that's something that you can't see. But you move from an enemy of God, someone who's hostile in mind someone who doesn't know God, flashbang into God. You don't necessarily feel it, but it's a step. And it seems to me that most Christians have to retroactively understand what that really means. What really happened? How did it happen? 
and then they grow in that. So it's almost like you find out who you are after the fact. And so we're going to talk about that flashbang cut. I'm going to, I want to talk about that. That's my third point. God did something to you when you put your faith in him. It's not a sloppy addition and a try to, to meet up to it. It's not a religion to where you're doing things to reach God. It's all that he did something to reach you. And when you said yes, he did something to you. Okay? So if you walk out of here with one thing, it's probably my perspective on that one thing, how that happened. And the biggest impact is in the verses that we're going to cover, Romans 1 through, uh, 1 through uh, 6. So before I get into the verses, though, this process that I was talking about of understanding, it's not a process of coming in. It's a violent birth. Now, when I say violent, I want you to get a picture of this violent concept. It is a death. It is a change. It is spiritually violent because you get taken from the domain of darkness, someone who doesn't know God, someone that doesn't have life, eternal life, how you were designed to walk in this world. You don't have that till you have it. Now, you didn't feel it from a worldly sense, but you got transferred into the kingdom of God. Okay? So, that spiritually, I say violent because I want to really prove the point. Because in the process, in the process, it seems to me as I understand the Bible and I understand my relationship with God more and more, and it's been going on since 1990, when I came into that relationship where I said yes as a child, and I say that I was 22 probably, I said, I want Jesus. I need God. You know, if it's, you, it, there's a lot of ways that you can come in, but the basic is just to believe, okay? That's, that's enough. But then there's other verses. They try, it's like the, the Bible tries to give you every angle, every on-ramp on. It says, call, those who call on the name of the Lord. I prayed a prayer led by a guy who knew God. And so I said, yes, I was ready to sign a paper. I was ignorant. I didn't know how to do it. I was silly. I just didn't know. I wasn't brought up in the church. So when I got to that decision point and I gave a smokescreen uh, objection, you know, I'm in sales and it's like, you give this, Hey, you're not sure. So you throw out this excuse. My excuse was, is, Hey, this sounds too good to be true and really good. Let me come back in a few weeks after I clean up some things. I mean, I was into bad habits. I was into sin or, you know, the definitions of sin that Christians would say. I knew I wasn't earning anything. And he says, hey, G he says, hey, Luke, I think Jesus wants to come in and help you out with those things. And man, the, the, the clouds just went away. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. How do we, how do, where do I sign? How do I get into this? I had no idea. It wasn't like I knew the way in and how to do it, and what it all meant, I just know I needed God, and I didn't have him. And so as a baby who doesn't know anything, I took a step forward and said, please, let me, let me, let me, let me have this. And he's like, well, I'll just pray. You can follow along, or you can pray yourself. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. It's too awkward. Okay, like, why don't you pray, and I'll just kind of repeat after you or whatever. 
And so we kind of fumbled through this prayer, and it was pretty specific. This guy's a pro. He knows what he was doing. And, and I just knew that at that point, I knew. I'm in Christ. I don't know what that means exactly. But what I took it as is I got some responsibilities now. I'm different. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian. I need to get some Christian gear. I need to get out there and get after it. So kind of a big personality, you know, developing as I'm growing up, even in the world from a worldly sense. I'm committed. I'm going all in. I've actually put my hands on people for the gospel. I have some stories for you that would just shake you shake your head. Each one of those stories, though, resulted in a result in spite of the bad process, resulted in good things. Like somehow God used that ridiculous bad form to, to send a message or get attention to, to those that I would. Uh, er, I don't know. It was just crazy how I did it. It was immature, but God used it. So I'm going on in this Christian life of striving to do better. I'm frustrated with others that aren't nearly as emotional and compassionate or that are not like me, still immature, but really not knowing it. I'm thinking I'm the man. And I burned myself out. And it didn't take that long. The Christian life is not about getting after it all the time, feeling like you're not doing enough, you know, feeling guilty for what you're not doing, this back and forth negative feeling. There's no reason people are, are opposed to being a Christian sometimes when they see people that are just burning themselves out. Kevin said, hey man, I'm not bringing anybody into this pain because he didn't understand. You know, Kevin Willard was that go-getter guy. He was that, that perfectionist. And he's like, if this is what it is. I'm not bringing people into my frustration. And then he understood. He understood what really happened. And so I want to talk about what really happened. Okay. So Part of this process, it seems to be addition and subtraction. So I just sort of added Jesus to myself. So I knew I was kind of a mess, but I had potential. I bring Jesus in, and now, because I've got to flag the wave, and he's, I think, for me, pretty much, let's go. And so I get out there, and I start running into the walls, and I start, and I eventually become this hypocrite that probably has some bad habits, but we won't talk about those, you know, but I'm talking about Jesus, but then I'm struggling. And I feel like I got this dual nature. I got this guy that can't get it right on some ways. And I've got this Jesus guy that's on my enthusiasm and all this sharing of the gospel is probably enough to cover up. You see what I mean? I'm balancing this idea that I'm this guy and this guy. So I feel like I got this civil war burnout bump. You can't do it. You can't look in the mirror Say I'm representing a holy God when I'm a, I'm a mess. And so I'm frustrated. I'm kind of like disenchanted. And so in 19, it's December 5th, 1993. Thank God it was only three years. Where I was led through a study in Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. I met Keith around that time. But there's a guy that led me through it. And I went back and I took notes because there was a kind of a process of worksheet or whatever. So I had a lot of subtraction that needed to happen. I had a lot of conversations of people who understand who they are in Christ in this room. And there's a lot of you out there that get it, that understand it, which means you understand that process of entry, who you are and who you're not. 
Okay? I ask, how did you come to know it? What was your favorite verse? What was the one that really triggered it for you? And so what they said was, it was always an addition. I didn't get anyone that was a subtraction. They said, I found out this, and then the rest kind of came after that. Well, for me, it was subtraction. It was Romans 6, verse 6. And we're going to get to the verses. Are we ever going to, are we going to get to the verses? What's that? Okay, well, why don't we pop it up there? So we'll start right here. This is the one, just go, I'm just going to click you off here. This is one that says, Jesus wants you to be one. He's praying to the Father that you get it. So I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me uh, through the world, through their world, through their word. Okay, through their word. Go ahead, 21. That they may uh, all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Is that clear? Because that's so clear to me. I challenge you, read John 17. This is just part of it. It's repetitive. It's over and over. You can't mistake it if you're looking for it. So in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. 22. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. Okay. Then go ahead to the slides. Um, this is before the cross. This is a prophecy of what's coming for them. They're with Jesus. Are you guys watching The Chosen? All right, man, what a great, what a great series. It's a, just watch it. It's so, it's so fun. He, he, people, the, the, the disciples weren't understanding it, that they were going to be in Christ. They were going to be like Jesus to the degree that he's one with the Father. And I say to the degree that as soon as the Spirit came down and God finished his work and the law dissipated, they were one, completely one. You, if you're in Christ, are one with God. If you struggle with self-esteem on any level, you're not focused on the truth of what we're talking about here. And I'm not saying it's, it's easy to believe and to grow and mature in it. But if you saw yourself as God sees you and as Jesus has made you through the Spirit and the Father, you would look in the mirror and smile. You wouldn't compare yourself with other people. You wouldn't compare yourself to some perfectionistic viewpoint you would look at yourself in the mirror and say, thank you. You wouldn't be trying to go through a list of sins to confess. You wouldn't be going through a list of improvements to make. You would look at yourself, at least from a spiritual standpoint, and say, thank you. Oh, I can't believe this. If you're not doing that, if you're not understanding this, get started. We're going to talk about trees here. Do you know the best time to plant a tree? Anyone? 20 years ago? Do you know when the next best time to plant a tree is? Today. Start it. Man, buy a Bible, get a Bible, get in your Bible. I'm not saying that because you should. I'm not trying to should on you. Get in there because it tells you the love story of 
how much you mean to Jesus, how much you mean to God the Father, how freely he's given the Spirit to teach you all these things so that you can fly above the radar, okay? You're above it. You're, we're talking about spiritual kingdom stuff here. We're talking about the way it really is for all eternity. If you're looking for God to pave an easy path for you here on this earth, come on, man, there's nobody that would tell you that's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Sometimes it happens. Most of the time you get disappointed. Am I right? I'm afraid to even not put my stuff, my faith and stuff down here because I just know I'm going to get irritated and disappointed. I keep my eyes on Jesus spiritually because when I do, I'm never disappointed. Ever. As a matter of fact, I can't take in all that he says. I'm overflowing. That's not happiness, by the way. Because I've got plenty of variables in my life to create irritation. I really do. I'd love to go through it sometime and you could help me work through them. But let me tell you, when I'm focused on Jesus, I see you different. I see you as a child of God. I see you as perfect in, 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 in spirit, how he's made you. I can judge you less, you know, because I still have some bad habits there, but I'm growing out of them fast. I got to tell you, in this Roman study, I feel like I'm walking through the airport, and sometimes one of you guys or Greg gals, I know we, we have, uh, Shannon, you're going to be coming up here teaching soon. I feel like I'm getting on the escalator, and you know how you're still walking the same speed, but you're going way faster? Like you look at, you're just passing people, but you're just walking? That's how it feels when you open yourself up and just be, get fed through the Word and through the Spirit and through this amazing kingdom of God. It's just unbelievable. Oh, I hope you're doing it like I am. Tree of life, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do you see the boxes there? Listen, we're going to be, I'm going to be real specific here and a little bit aggressive. So I coach as a a thing um, differently than Rob, of course, you know, he does it different, but anyway, I do it more colorfully apparently. So um, anyway, just a real quick, Rob, thanks. Trying not to think about it. I, Rob gets me in the gills. He gets me all, all mushy. So I just, love, I just love you so much. I just do. Tree of Life. First book, like really the first part of the Bible. Genesis 2.9. It's in Revelation. So if you, Revelation 22 is the last book of the Bible. Uh, it's kind of important. Starts with it, ends with it. That's where he wants you in. He wants you in the tree of life. He wants you in that tree of life like it was in the garden, like he created Adam and Eve to live. He created us to live in fellowship with him. He values us. A lot of people, God so loved the world. Do you know what love means? means, It means value when it talks about agape. It means he valued us enough to live in fellowship with us. But you can do that right now. But in the garden, it was pretty like all in, kind of because it was creation that way. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the sin part. That's when sin entered into Adam when he disobeyed God. That one mistake, that one disobedience, that lack of belief that God's enough and I need to be more like God and know what God is and that even doubting God that maybe he's keeping something from me, that created a sin that cursed everyone born physically from that point on except Jesus. Jesus was not born from the seed of Adam. 
He wasn't born in the lineage of Adam from the male standpoint. Seed. DNA coming from a man. He was born from the Spirit. It had to be that way. And we're going to get into why. Next slide, please. We're going to review a couple verses because the question starts in Romans 6.1. It says, what shall we say then? It's a, it's a if this, then this. Uh, if this, what, what about this? So we're going to get to Romans 1 here, and it's just a, or 6, 6 one just in a second. But this is why he asked the question. For as through the one man's disobedience, that's Adam, right side, tree of death. That's when the tree of death just came for us, okay? That's when it all started. So in that box, 519, Adam, disobedience equals sinners. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ and you haven't committed that trust into him, then you are in this box. You are in the tree of death. You are an enemy of God, hostile in mind to God. You are what they call a sinner. You are not what you do. You are what you were born with, your nature. You just are. Lucky for us, by the way. Through the obedience of the one, though, many will be made righteous. That's the tree of life. Keith did a great message. You should go back and listen to Keith's message. Really good. Next slide, please. Jesus plus obedience equals righteous. So the 20. The law came in so that the transgression would increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. The law was given to show people that you're in the tree of death, that you need a savior. There used to be sacrifices, blood, in order to cover those sins because you can't make up for it. You need help if you don't know Jesus Christ. You are in this tree, okay? God gave the Jewish, uh, the Jewish nation the law because there was so much disobedience. They didn't understand. There were over 600 laws, okay? You're, if you're a Gentile, if you're not Jewish, don't worry about the law. It was never given to you anyway. You were grafted into the good stuff. Okay, but if you are Jewish, you don't want to be under that either. You've been transferred out of that into that other box if you believe in the Messiah, Jesus. Okay, the law is sin. It show, it's not sin, but it shows sin. And where there's law, there's more sin. Trust me, you can't eat pork. You can't know bacon for you. You can't wear polyester. There's 600 laws. You can't keep up with it. If anyone defends the law and says the law is for you, Start, start, start piling on top of them. Just say, you're sinning right now with your outfit. I mean, there's a bunch of them. It's ridiculous. There's no, there's no room for it. There's, there's no room for it. And by the way, you were violently, not you, but you got grafted into this, which is great. The law is dead. Even if you're a Jewish believer, the law is dead to you now. Next verse. All right, 521, so that as sin reigned in death, so here we got all this sin, you're born into it, the law says there's more, you're piled under, thank God we got these thousands of bulls and goats, the, the, the sacrifices to, to cover these sins, there's still faith in God for sure, but we've got to keep, we got to keep this relationship going until the Messiah comes. So it says, uh, even so, grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, look at the difference in boxes. I love when things are binary. They're called binary opposition. It's either or. It's this or that. It is this or that when it comes to being in Christ. Okay? It's not a little bit of this and a little bit of that. 
it's this or that. I would go ahead, I would get, put my hands on somebody if they want to argue this point. Um, it just is so, listen to the language. Listen to the language because we're just getting started on some death spiral stuff. Death, okay, crucifixion. We're not just talking about Jesus. We're coming off of, uh, we're coming off of Easter where you saw what happened to Jesus, you know, in this memory of, of, of Easter. He was crucified violently for the sins of the world, for the sins that you've created, you did in the past, for the sins that you're going to do in the future. It's all handled. It's done. But you're going to find what this means to you. How, how did you get crucified? Did you get crucified? Are you dead? Did you join Christ before that? Were you part of that deal? Get ready because I'm going to hopefully open up your mind in seven minutes and 26 seconds. All right, next. Romans 19.1. It's the setup for the big question, like I said. All right, am I in one box or the other? Okay. Do I, want to, do I want in that box where it was the obedience of Christ, where it's not me, that I get to become righteous, I get made that way? If grace abounds more than sin, it seems like that's a stronger box. Grace reigns over there in that box. Righteousness, I'm righteous in that box because we know God's righteous. We know Jesus and the Holy Spirit are righteous. What about me? Well, in that box, you're righteous. I'm righteous in that box. I have eternal life versus death. Eternal life is forever. It's heaven. I, I, I was just trying to get into heaven, to be honest with you, back in 1990. I found out a whole lot more. I got life now. I'm so filled up right now, I can't even see straight. I'm going to be shaking the whole day. Next, next, next slide. All right, here we go. Romans 6.1, I was going to read this, all these verses, you know, but I'm just going to kind of go through them one at a time. But like I said, there's a check marks there, which means if you're not in the box over there with Jesus or you're in the process, what are you waiting for? If I'm selling this thing because I sell stuff for, for a living, I mean, if you do it right, you've got to find the needs of your customer and then you, they sort of come up with their own solution. You only have to tell them the solution because they're like, I've got to get out of this problem and get over wherever because you're, you're here for a reason. I'm guessing you've got a solution. It's sometimes it's not enough to get just the solution. You've got to know what the problem is. Well, there's the problem. You're born into Adam from his disobedience, genetically, or whatever, how you want to see it lineage-wise. You're a sinner. You're not really under the law, but you're under your conscience. If you're a Gentile that Keith talked about, you know you're screwed up. Okay, you don't, you're not perfect. You know that, right? I mean, come on. Go grab somebody that really trusts you to ask them. Uh, sin reigns in this to, to death. You can put hell there if you want. You know, I'm not... I haven't done a lot of research on hell, but if, if it is as bad as they say it is, you know, or if it's, you don't want to go there. Nobody wants to go there, except those old country music singers that, you know, are all proud of it. Okay, go, go next. What shall we say? Then here's the question. Are we to continue in sin so that grace increases? Back to those boxes again. Uh, in the tree, it says, hey, sin, sin, wherever there's sin, grace abounds more. It, it, so... Uh, it's a dumb question, really, but hey, if, if we're covered, if I'm totally forgiven, if I'm in Christ, why not just let it rip? Doesn't count. This scares people to death. You start taking this over to other believers, they start, they start tremoring. Hold on a second. 
you can't, we gotta, we gotta focus on sin. We've gotta control ourselves by trying not to sin. But it says where there's the law that sin increases. You try to control yourself and your behavior, discipline. Come on, man. It's just not going to work out. <laughs> what have you tried? How many people have been on a diet? I've been on a thousand. And I'm, I, I'm ready for another one. <laughs> it's not a 12-step program. I'm very, very interested in self-improvement plans. I'm all about it. Organizational plans. Nuh-uh. Next slide, please. Relationship to those things. Look on the right. I'm a son of Adam before I came to Christ. I am born into sin. I do sin. I have no way of keeping the law. I'm headed for eternal death, separation from God. I was in a relationship on the right side with all those things. You know, and the law was more in my own mind. I knew I was, I knew I wasn't where I needed to be. But I wanted to be over there. I wanted to have a relationship with Jesus. I wanted righteousness. I wanted God to see me a certain way. I wanted grace. I, I knew I couldn't earn it. I mean, up this, this far in Romans, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And I knew it wasn't. The wages of sin is death. You know, you see that over there. I want out of that box. I was willing to sign a paper. I was going to do anything to get over there. I just didn't know how to get there. So when I moved over there, my relationship was completely severed from that box, but I didn't know it yet. I thought I was both. I thought I had a foot in one and a foot in the other. And then I would do good here, and I had percentages, and I kept bouncing back and forth. Next. Jesus bridged the gap, okay? The only way to get to that other box is through Jesus Christ, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's exclusive. Whether you believe that or not is irregardless to the truth of it. You may not like that it's exclusive. You may not like that it's this way. It doesn't really matter what a human being that's created thinks about how the Creator set it up a way to them. It's, it's that way. My, I got my family argues this point, and it's like, to their own death through sin. It's, I, I, I wish they, they saw it my way or this way or the biblical way, you know, but they don't. But anyway, next. Uh-oh. Back to that death. Let's get to the death part. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? You may think baptism is a water sprinkling, a dunking, a, I don't know, with the, the thing where you flip water. I, you may think you have to be all the way submerged, maybe partly submerged. Maybe the, It doesn't matter. This is spiritual baptism. Spiritual baptism is I was once this way, and now I'm this way. I got baptized, changed completely from the core the nature part, who I am. Remember, I'm not what I do. I'm how I was born. I was born again to that box to the right. Into Christ Jesus. He 
is why I can say I'm in that right box, that right-handed box. That's the only way I can say that. But look at that, look at that crucifixion design I, I made there. Do you see what it's, it's, do you see that swimming pool? What's the shape? What's the shape look like to you? A coffin or a casket. I don't think baptism is a cleansing. I think you get cleansed. I think it's a drowning. I think when you go under the water, it symbolizes your death. Your spiritual identity. We talk about identity here. You can't have two. You have one. You're either a sinner in the left box or a right saint in the right box. Something has to happen to the left box, you. To your, 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 your relationship to Adam and sin and death. Something has to happen. And it's not a cleanup act. It's not a cleansing act that you can get dirty again. It's a complete overhaul. It is a death. It is a violent death of one box to the next. I say that for emphasis sake. Because I want you to know this is what, where I picked up on who I am because it had to be subtraction. I knew I was full of it before I came to Christ. And I knew I was sort of full of it when I was in Christ, but trying to please God through my own efforts. I knew it was just a futile game. But when I read these verses in 1993, December 5th was Romans 6, 1 through 6, in 1993. I took a break from myself because I knew that I had been crucified with Christ. I knew that I had died with Christ. I knew that old guy that was full of it, trying to meet, meet his, get his needs met and get things done, was dead. And I took it literal. And I, would, I challenge you to do the same. Take it literal. That old who you used to be has been killed, killed off. I was just dying to get to the right box. You get it? That was a bad joke. I was actually crucified. So next verse. Now, as we go into these things, go back. You all got access to a Bible. All the way through six, look at how many verses or words that represent death. He's not take, saying it's going to be hard and you've got to really work hard at it. He's saying death over and over. So Romans 6, 4, Therefore, we have been buried with Him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, now we, we just read in, before he even went to the cross, he said, the, the, the glory from you I give to them. It was a prophecy coming. So we too might walk in this newness of life. I have the ability to walk over here in this tree of life because of my death, burial, and we're going to get to the other part, but my death and burial through spiritual baptism, that change that my faith exacted. When I said yes to Jesus, He did this to me. He didn't just do that for me on Easter. He did this to me when I said yes to Him and I came into this. Next verse, please. For if we have become united with Him in the likeness of His death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. Now, he's going to keep repeating this death thing. So if you think I'm kind of writing my own thoughts into this, you'll see that it's, it's too much. It's over and over again. We're going to hear that in the next weeks, too, to come. Okay, so through the death and the burial, and those are the two parts that I really wanted to emphasize today. Know you're, when you came to Christ that you died 
to the old self, who you were before, your identity, your old identity as a sinner, dead, not half dead, almost dead. You can't resurrect it with your own bad behavior, by the way. You have been crucified, dead, buried. How long was Jesus buried for? Three days. Just to make sure you're dead for three days. You're dead. How long was Jonah in the belly of the well? Thank God, because I wasn't sure. Okay. (laughs) Just know that you were dead, dead. Dead, dead, dead. But God. The the resurrection. I don't know if you know this or not. (laughs) You know Resurrection Sunday that was last Sunday? Do you know that you have been resurrected with Christ? Do you know you have the power of the resurrection in you because you're in Christ and Christ is in you and the Spirit's in you and you have the fullness of God? Do you know that? That is not good news. That is great news. That is spectacular news. So, next, next, next slide. Knowing this, that our old... Oh, there it is again. Our, just because we didn't get the first four verses, we're going to keep going. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. There's a lot of themes here, okay? There really is. You've got your old self that was in Adam because of his disobedience that one time created this problem. We were born sinners. We know the law, which is a measuring stick that we could never meet, that you can't become righteous through the law. Body of sin... Okay, I, I, I'm still working on that one. I don't think it's my physical body. Okay, I just don't. Some think it is. I think it's the old man. I think it's the old way of, of, of the system but without Christ. To me, I'm still working on that. Uh, death, I know that's over there, and being a slave to sin. But when I died through the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ, this is a short list of about another 150 things that you get in Christ. It is the lottery. Obedience of Christ. I'm righteous. I have a life of grace now. Un- unmerited favor, if you want to say it. It's getting something that you don't deserve. It's you, however you want to define grace. I think it is the, the, mon- the, the, the measurement that God uses to, to operate. It's, just, it's all him and not so much you. I'm righteous. I have eternal life. I have eternal life. Not when I screw up, I don't lose it. I, I have it. I've been transferred into it through a violent death, burial, and resurrection of myself, my own identity, to a new identity in Christ. He will never leave me, forsake me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. I am his child. He delights in me. He, he smiles at me. We just watched the shack. Kept saying, I'm very fond of you. You know, God's like, likes you. <laughs> I mean, he loves you, right? Like, he loves some bad thing. Like, I love my kids. Even that one, you know, you're thinking. Uh, no, he likes you. He loves you. He created you. I wish you could see that as he sees it. Man, I try to, and I'm still growing in it. But you don't have to deal over here in that left box. Is there another slide, or are we done there? Okay, darn, it's on a roll. Um, IA stands for in Adam. IC says in Christ. Here's, here's my last, I'll just close with this, is I can't bring anything to the table and I try not to. I really do. Like I didn't dress up for this speaking engagement here. I tried to dress normal. I tried to not be funny. You know, I tried not to create 
you guys, I didn't try not to entertain you at all. I don't want to entertain you. This is kind of a one-shot deal for me to say, hey, let me teach Romans 1 through 6. Because for me, it had to be a subtraction of my old self. Because i got to tell you, I didn't really like my old self. All right? You may not like yourself. I am not that guy. I'm in Christ. I believe what he says about me. And I can tell you this. I got friends in here. These people that you look around, there are people in here. I keep looking at you, Keith. I don't know why. Keith sees me in that box on the right side. Raise your hand if you see me in that right-hand box. I need to, who's not? (laughs) Write your hand if, did you get that, honey? I see you in that right box. You don't have to impress me. You just have to be you. I love you. God loves you. Those that know this truth, and there's a ton of them in here, love you for who you are in Christ. They're not looking for you to improve. You may, they may frustrate you. You may frustrate them. I'm sure of it. But at the, the end of it all, at the, at the base of it all, is your just your belief gets you transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the, his son, Jesus Christ. It's a once-shot deal. It's forever. It's eternal. And, man, we are unpacking this thing on the weekly, all right, in our studies. Get yourself a Bible. Grab somebody who you think knows this stuff and grab them. They would, the best use of their time is to talk about this stuff. Oh, let's pray. Father, I pray that uh, you've enlightened the eyes of our hearts. I pray that, that what was presented here was pleasing to you and truthful and that you use the words to, to, to puncture the ears of people that are maybe stuck or people that don't know you uh, and don't know themselves. And I pray that they see themselves as violently taken out of sin, out of their old self, that they can breathe and rest and know that they are perfect in spirit. They are fully pleasing to you because of your son, Jesus Christ. Help them to see that, to rest, to take a breath, and just be thankful the days of their life. In Jesus' name.